I'm recording. I'm hitting record as well. Hey! <laughs> hey! 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 <laughs> People! Nyan! <laughs> I think Draft did it better. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Actually, I think he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> It's November 18th, 1995, and my friends by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, a.k.a. the Funky Monks, a.k.a. the Peppermen, a.k.a. Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem, is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Hello, and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Quillen. I'm Al, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about My Friends, the second single from the Chili Peppers' sixth album, One Hot Minute. My Friends spent Four weeks at the top of the charts. Here is a clip. Uh, chili Peps. The Pepper Boys. <laughs> R-H-C. <laughs> R H C. Wait, R C H is what I meant to say. The R C H. Reedy peep. Reedy peepers. Rowdy, 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 reedy peepers. R C H is a Mike. Uh, inside joke <laughs> oh really uh, yeah. okay yes um I'll, i heard that recently um leave it at while that. i was i was working with a um an older michigan male on a woodshop project mm. and i was instructed to Ooh. um to just move a measurement over an rch <laughs> and uh that dirty dog <laughs> i i needed it explained but now you're reminding me actually i do think that that had probably been explained to me previously <laughs> yeah Anyways. yes the rch poopers poopers <laughs> sure <laughs> uh okay so there's a lot to talk about here but i think we should get our, our thesis statement out of the way here um what's your one sentence take on my friends the song is not offensively bad in fact i was surprised on repeated listens how much i came around to it that okay. there's a comma in there so we're run, run, run on sent <laughs> a little bit of a run on sentence i thought it is a great song specifically because of the absence of pepperisms mm. um mm -hmm. uh the lack of 
heavy Kiedis and uh, flea bass. Okay, let's uh, let's hold that thought. That's a I'm fascinated by that idea. That had not occurred to me. Um, I think this is one of the greats of '90s alternative radio. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So one of the greats. One of the greats. Like as good as Vaseline, or. Uh, I think it's in kind of in, in essentially the same category. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So that's our, our thesis. Now let's abandon that. And, and, uh, I'm curious to hear a little bit about your general relationship to the peppers. Uh, Trav, why don't you get us started? Um, boy, my relationship to the peppers. I see. I think it, it kind of goes in two phases. Like I think about chili peppers up through one hot minute where, and again, you know, I always kind of go back to age and where I'm at with this, but like, you know, I think when you're a kid, you tend to look up to people and then there's a tipping point where you sort of get past that. And so, you know, through, through one hot minute, I tend to, like, I tend to see this mystique to them where like, there's something kind of occasionally interesting, even on the dumb stuff. Um, you know, going back to that, it's it's like like there's some things that are where I'm like, huh, what is what's going on here? Um, but then everything after that, starting with uh, Californication, I just feel like I just look down on where I'm like, this is you know, it's it's I'm not interested in anything from that point forward. Um. I would say I think they have a handful of really good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, none, not more than that. Quill, what what about you? I always hated the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I never huh. liked them, um, with the exception of um, Under the Bridge. I always liked. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um and scar tissue. I I never really had any issues with scar tissue. Um and um, I got an issue with the tissue. <laughs> uh I will talk more about another song that um kind of caught me off guard uh when we get to the album. Okay. Um or like that uh a song that I realized was actually kind of cool, but um yeah, I yeah, I I have no relation. I just kind of always hated them. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Trav. That um, when I was a kid, I I always liked the radio hits. Um, when I very 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 first started listening to alternative radio, like I transitioned from 60s to 90s radio. Um, hearing my friend, or not my friends, but hearing uh, Aeroplane the other big single from one hot minute. Um, I have like really vivid memories of that and loving that song when I was a kid and sometime after buying Californication along with all of my friends, I, I just sort of began to suspect that it wasn't all that great. And I think I was slow to acknowledge that Californication wasn't all that great. And I never came back from that. Um, and for me, I, I guess it's mostly a, a blandness, actually, which is strange for this band that when they were young, they had so much spice, I guess you could say. <laughs> but it, it's songs like Other Side, I think, that lose me. Yeah, um, that song sucks. 
Yeah, and and I, I don't really know necessarily what sucks about it, other than everything they've it's become the template for most of their singles and when i hear a song like by the way i just i feel like i'm at the grocery store and actually i think i generally hear by the way at the grocery store maybe even at cvs uh like buying shampoo um and that even has reintegrated the rap and the funk into it but it's all in service of this blandness that uh it just feels kind of shiny and hollow to me these days. I'm interested in that you like, I, I think your explanation of their blandness makes sense to me. I don't think I would have thought of it that way before. Um, and so I, I appreciate your, your take on that. Uh, for me, it's just like, I can't, I'm, I can't think of a more obnoxious band. Like they're just hmm. so obnoxious, even in their like ballads. Like they're incredibly just obnoxious and in your face and it really is not a good mix of things for me, even though I like generally they're more ballady songs. Um So in that case it's gotta be a Kitas thing. Is it is it is that what you think of? And flea. Um Yeah. You're not yeah. you don't appreciate acid for the children? What does that mean? <laughs> That's the name of Flea's memoir that was published <laughs> oh. last year. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I do like, I do like Flea. Like, I, I acknowledge that he is a, I, I mean, he right, he's an amazing bass player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really good. Um, I do appreciate his work in other things, like the Big Lebowski. Uh, oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, uh, like in uh, the Mars Volta's first album uh he plays the bass on that record and i forgot that it's their only good album and uh it's good like i mean i haven't listened to it in years but i liked it um then that adams for peace record is pretty cool yep yep uh that was the other thing um that he played on that i i like um and he's way more tasteful on that it's way more subtle i mean to be honest on the adams for peace record it almost just sounds like colin greenwood playing bass um maybe just a little more angularly but um anyways yeah like so i appreciate flea's bass playing just a not in his um original band um Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, Kitas more so. It's definitely mostly Kitas drives me up a wall and Flea like just kind of um adds to that. And Chad Smith, um fine drummer, but I don't know. He just kinda is dumb. I don't know. I would imagine that he has to be pretty good to keep up with Flea, right? Or to have Flea like sort of mm-hmm. go along with him. Like they're they're mm-hmm. very much That's, partners in this. I guess so. I guess I just never thought of or noticed anything about his drumming. Yeah. I think that that's probably a positive thing. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the songs definitely groove, and uh, he definitely knows how to stay out of the way on the ballads. And uh, I can yeah. certainly think of some songs where he goes wild. I mean, where is. In what context am I thinking of? Uh, I remember hearing the Chili Peppers cover Fire by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, Woodstock 99, <laughs> as oh. people were setting things on fire. Uh, and Chad Smith was was definitely oh, rocking wow. okay. those Mitch Mitchell's uh, drums. Cool. Absolutely. Um, okay, so a little history before we, still before we get to the song. Um, Frusciante left the band 
um, not necessarily because of drugs, but I guess he was overwhelmed by the the, the speed of their rise to fame, and he kind of wanted to go back to playing clubs. He he was uncomfortable with the sudden uh, widespread fame, but he did have a heroin habit, and it grew around 1992. Uh, he was living with Rivers Phoenix and doing lots of drugs when Phoenix died and uh, just in general had a rough early 90s. So uh, Dave Navarro plays on One Hot Minute and he came from Jane's Addiction. So I'd also like to just briefly ask what you think of Jane's Addiction. I don't know. I don't know anything about Jane's Addiction. I yeah. know, you know, uh, what Jane says and Ben Caught Stealing and that's about it. And the Entourage theme song. And uh, I think that's it. Um, I just, I don't know. They, there are times where they seem like interesting or cool. I expect that they might be a little uh, jammy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that for sure. That's just sort of my perception as an outsider. Um, I just haven't got around to them yet. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I, I expect that there'll be a time where I get into their albums and kind of explore it and, and figure out what's what there. But um, I, haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, is Ben Cut stealing the Um, I I hated that song when I was a kid, but now I think that song is sweet. Um, yeah, me too. It's, it's such a cool groove, and the bass line's awesome. the um drum sound uh-huh <laughs> on the recording um and now i appreciate it and it's pretty hacky sacky oh my gosh yes it sounds like toe jam and neural or something like that um and uh perry farrell uh he's the singer right yes um yes. his voice is I, I think totally appropriate and sweet for the song as a kid. I think I did not like it. Um, but yeah, that's a cool song. And I always liked, um, Jane says too, it was the version Al that I'm assuming you also heard as I did on 89 X. That was like a live version that was released. You know, they played, they played both, but I think sometime around 97, 98 or something that I think they started really playing the live version a lot more. I'm pretty sure version. that's the version that I know. I, I love that song. Um, and like Trav, that's all I know. I, I've not listened yeah. to anything else. Is that a two chord song? Um, pretty much. Maybe there's a bridge. The, br- well, the, they oh. get a, fl- they get a flat five involved in there for a moment in the, in the chorus. But the, I think it is a variation on the two chords that are. The chorus is like the first chord in the, uh, like I think the guitar plays the first chord of the verse through the entirety of the chorus, and the bass is what carries the progression.
Yeah, super simple. I, I love both of those songs. I particularly love Jane Says. I have uh, I have tried um, Ritual de lo Habitual a couple times over the last couple years, and I've I've generally liked it, but I haven't totally gotten into it. But I feel like I'm I'm ready to jump in uh, pretty soon here. I mean, I've I've been listening to more and more kind of jammy stuff like that lately and electric guitar solos and things like that. And, uh, I, I love Perry, Perry Farrell's voice, despite making fun of him, um, <laughs> a couple months ago. Uh, so yeah, I'm, right. I, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. So Dave Navarro plays on this song. Uh, let's, let's get into the song. Um, I I don't know if maybe you have to be a guitar player to really love this song. Uh, but but Dave Navarro's role is definitely that's my favorite part of the song. It's like this great acoustic guitar chords, but more importantly, uh, later on in the song, the guitar chords pave the way for this very subtle second interlocking guitar part that interacts with the first one in like such a great way. And it adds this like interesting tension. Um, and uh, I think that's my favorite thing. If you can't necessarily hear it during the verses, um, the second sort of guitar solo is basically just, you're just hearing that second <laughs> guitar part. Um, so yeah, mm. listen, listen for that. Listen for that second electric guitar. It's so good. I uh, really liked the like um, distorted um, octaves uh, guitar solo in like the middle of the song. It's yes. a rocking solo. I think yeah. it's like at the two minute mark. Like that's a really cool part. And the the jam out ending is pretty cool too. Um, yeah, yeah. That is guitar almost stuff is the best for sure. Exactly my notes for highlights for, was great solo and outro guitar. But I did, I had an epiphany yesterday and it sounds like a hot take, but it's not. So Quillen, let me finish. <laughs> this basically is an STP song. This is a Stone Temple Pilots. What? Well, if you look at it like, I mean, one of their mid-tempo acoustic kind of songs, their hits, this is basically it. Like, you've got the... Uh, You've got the kind of moody chords, and I mean, the, the musicianship is solid across the board. And melodically, like you can just you can just hear Scott Weiland being thrown in there. Like if hmm. you imagine, if you close your eyes and listen to the song, you can imagine Scott Weiland singing the whole thing. And uh, I think musically, they all kind of compare. Like the bass playing is like very good you know like the drummers are equal in uh ability and uh i think the guitar players are too hmm interesting i feel like this vocal now you melody can, you can let it let it rip cool. no comment 
I feel like this <laughs> vocal melody is um, one of the interesting things about this song is that it feels like it comes from a funk place. I, I think that the vocal melody is very creative in this song, but he's doing the, I feel the question of your loneliness. Like that has like a funk feel and the confide cause I'll be on your side. Like those really bluesy notes in there. I don't know if I hear uh, Scott Wayland doing that. That seems like uh, it comes from almost like an Ohio players kind of uh, vibe. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I just heard him like very easily slipping into that falsetto there. And um, yeah, bluesy, a bluesy melody. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I said Ohio players, but really I would say I can imagine George Clinton singing a melody like that on a Parliament song. Huh. Um, but it's transformed by the, the context. I, but I'm not against the idea that, I, and I think that Sour Girl and, and uh, my friends are comparable in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, kind of what I was going for, but I didn't want to, I mean, like, it's really tough to compare it to Sour Girl. I'm not going to do that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally disagree. <laughs> this song is exactly like Sour Girl in every way. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the bridge is great. And yes. the way it leads yeah. back into the core, into the chorus. Well, actually it doesn't lead back into the chorus. It leads back into, uh, a verse um the the lyrics are like really really simple but they do feel genuine to me it's just the sentiment of i just want my friends to be happy and they're they're not happy and in light of what we just talked about about john Frusciante and rivers phoenix and and I, 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 this is the second time i said rivers phoenix isn't it instead of river phoenix yeah. um <laughs> R- river phoenixes those are two two river phoenixes is yeah. our rivers phoenix <laughs> um yeah i appreciate the just the the earnestness of the lyrics yeah i always i remember being struck when it first came out by the idea of uh going to jail for being sad like i think that's kind of repeated a couple of times and uh yeah the older i get the more i like it yeah i always wondered if maybe the being sad led to some self-destructive behavior like drug use or something like that and that's being criminalized and and therefore people are being sent to jail for their mental health problems oh maybe i'm reading too much into it maybe (laughs) yeah no i just like you're sad go to jail Yeah. (laughs) well uh definitely take a listen back maybe we can do a clip of that um what you all are referring to as the outro which i think is really just a showcase for that second guitar part Whew. it's great oh yeah so good Anything stand out to you about the video? Hmm. The shots of his hair, of Kiedis' hair standing up. Mm-hmm. Very straight. I'm hmm. assuming he's upside down in the shot. It's kind of cool. 
He has some interesting um, paint on his face and parts, <laughs> lines. Problematic, maybe. I don't know. I liked that uh, it followed the alternative rule of in the post Nirvana Unplugged alternative world, acoustic songs are to be played by candlelight. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, Flea is very briefly seen with the fisherman's beard. Terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> and uh, Ketis and, and... Fisherman's beard. Yeah, he has a fisherman's beard. It's perfect. You nailed him. <laughs> uh, Ketis and Dave Navarro are, are seen a lot, and they're, you know, they're both pretty good-looking guys. Uh, Ketis, I mean, he's a ditz, uh, but he's he's got a good-looking bud. You know, he's got neatly trimmed uh, armpit hair. He's got... Uh, it's got solid biceps. I like that long, that long flowing hair. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel a little weird about Ketis because he is a great looking dude, but he's also a scumbag. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't know much about his personality. I don't want to get too too deep into that, but okay. Yeah, maybe not that great of a guy. That's all I got for the video. Yeah, same. Fisherman's beard. Fisherman's beard. I know what a unit of uh, measures is going to be later. <laughs> uh, an RFB. <laughs> uh, okay, the album One Hot Minute. First, listening back, how great is the first song? Warped. Great. It's great. It's Sounded great. like funk Pearl Jam. I don't know. It does. Listen, I thought it was awesome. And I feel like Dave Navarro sounds like a guitar center shredder. That I would just go <laughs> yeah. in and let, the, let this guy rip. And I would just stare at him for a couple of minutes and be like, damn. All right. All right, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, like and, those, uh, you like those types. You kinda, like the, the shredders, huh? Kind of, yeah. Is the, I is, don't know. The, is the Guitar Center guitar shredder cooler or worse than the uh, Guitar Center drum soloist on the electronic <laughs> drum kit <laughs> with his headphones on where you the, can only hear him hitting the notes? I don't know, but I can tell you that the Guitar Center guitar shredder is better than the high school hallway locker drummer. <laughs> definitely quill i've got an electric drum kit drummer in my building oh. and i i we just when he practices it you just hear the sound of someone basically banging on cardboard boxes yes. for you know 45 <laughs> minutes at a time nice that's <laughs> yeah this is i think this has got to be my number one um you know funk rocker from the chili peppers i had i i, God, I, I liked I liked this song decently as a kid, but this time around, I was so struck by, um, you know, everybody's prowess on their instruments, but uh, um, the the weird, druggy, delayed vocal delivery on the verse, yeah. I think is very cool. And then when you hit the choruses, they're very simple, but um, they're, they, they keep the momentum going and... Uh, just dump you right back into the verses and uh, 
I I was just really into this song listening back this time. necessarily think of it as a funky song but it's a very cool uh type of song where um the verse um is all like momentum and not necessarily like very colorful or melodic um it's just it's got that rhythmic sort of like intensity to it mm-hmm. and then when it gets to the the chorus the chorus is pretty melodic even though it's not like overwhelmingly so it doesn't turn yeah. into this big so- sing-songy thing. Um, yeah, it's just really well measured all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, pretty interesting and a weird choice to have the long, silent intro. I mean, it takes a, a 20, 30 seconds to get going yeah. there. Yeah. And then it like kind of drags on the way out, too. Yeah. I think that when this album, at least in the first half, when it takes its time and it's willing to go kind of atmospheric, I think that it's pretty successful at that. Um, I definitely think the first half of the album is significantly better than the second half, but uh, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, We go right into Aeroplane, which is like, at that moment, I'm flying high. I mean, I'm feeling like this might be a a great album. (laughs) I don't think I cared for Aeroplane, uh, or I didn't get it in my youth, but man, that song is kind of sweet. Um, yeah. The, the, the verses are rough for me. The Kiedis is super obnoxious. Um, but the, the guitar chords, uh, and like, especially when they're like flushed out during the chorus, like, oh man, they're beautiful. It's a beautiful like just two chords right back and forth yeah rhythm um, guitar yeah he's got this dude. seven chord and it results in there being this like just this half step down yeah. from the first chord to the oh, second chord it's beautiful it's yeah. it's a wonderful progression um and like uh, the vocals during the chorus are pretty sweet i like the rhythm and the way they're sung and any um, like pleasure spiked with pain <laughs> etc yeah it's, I like to- uh, it's a pretty good song it's interesting that you said you didn't like the bass. I, uh, I, I, I just thought, said that it was obnoxious. It certainly is. You're a hundred percent. I didn't say that. that I didn't. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I alluded to the fact that I kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> do you, I'm do trying you like to be it? Nice. Just, just yes or no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, there are greater uh, offenders in um, bass obnoxious bass parts but sure i found myself kind of just marveling at all the different like frequencies that were coming across in the bass mm-hmm. like there was so much like maybe fret and finger noise and like it was just it was it was very rich sounding and i yeah. could just listen to that the bass tone and get something out of it he's slapping dude I think I could probably sing to you 75% of the bass from this song, which is a good, it's a good sign. Even on that outro, you know, where they're oh, jamming, I still, I, I, I can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's the first thing my boom, my mind boom, went to boom, when you talk about boom. the bass part. Yeah. It's great. And then the boom da dun 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 It's good. Great. Great. The kids are a nice touch too. I don't like the kids. I don't like the kids. I don't like a, a song that falls apart into clapping. I don't like that. Uh-huh. What are you clapping for? It's a studio <laughs> recording. Get out of here with that. Come on. Wow. I, 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 uh, I, did, I felt like this song was ubiquitous when it first came out. Like this was by far and away the most popular song from this album. Yeah. I'm curious that it was not a number one. Yeah. Yeah, and that my friends was that's that's kind of strange. I yeah. didn't realize that Aeroplane was that positive, uh, that um, uh, popular. I well, mean, yeah, it could I have been like MTV everywhere. too. And uh, you know, I w- the really surprising thing is um, Warped peaked at number seven on the modern rock chart, and Aeroplane peaked at number eight on the modern rock chart. So Warped actually that's did better than Aeroplane. But of course, we we know for, at this point that a song can spike. And then completely fall off the charts. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, maybe Aeroplane uh, n- never went super high, but it, it had longevity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just keep going. Next track, Deep Kick. Pretty cool. I'm out at this point on like the rest of the album, going to be honest. I, th- I found this was epic, uh, kind of psychedelic, and uh, kind of daring, but I-, I thought it was a success. Really? Yeah. Even the advice from the butthole surfers <laughs> about it's better to to have no regrets than to regret what you did, or whatever Flea says in the last verse there. Um, I, I don't remember specifically, oh, but I felt like I went on a journey with the band uh, wow. listening to this song. Okay. That's about it for me, though. <laughs> on the album? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The other singles, um, Coffee Shop yeah. was one, and Shallow Be Thy Game. Yep. Uh, those, they basically sounded like the exact same song to me. Yeah, and neither of them charted. Like, the songs that were successful were the songs that, struck, that stuck to the uh, traditional, like, verse and chorus structure, um, and the, the songs that were failures were all of the jams there's so much jamming on this album mm-hmm. it's like they're uh they're just let loose like they had no one to kind of like rein them in and say like hey <laughs> you should really have some more focus in these songs it seemed yeah. like they were just like they felt like they couldn't do anything wrong so they just put it all to tape and said this is all great because we did it and uh, I actually, I made a note that said, if there was a producer, they did a terrible job. And I just looked up to see if there was a producer and it was Rick Rubin. Yes. <laughs> so, cool. yeah, Rick Rubin. Eh. I know he's like, you know, whatever, revered and has this legendary status. I, I mean, he's I done guess he's plenty of junk, though. He's done. Yeah, he's done some good albums, but this is he. Uh, I don't know if he was just cashing a check or what. P deserves a mention, I suppose. It's a funny f- song. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was one that my friends and I would gather around the stereo and listen very quietly to. I think that was uh, the first time I've heard I, I'd heard of uh, the term uh, pacifist. Yep. And it was really confusing because he said he's a pacifist, <laughs> so we'll f- your shit up. And I, I didn't. I still. I don't know what he's getting at there. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is in the end. I think this is my preferred Chili Peppers album, having four songs that I like a lot. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I still like so. We've talked about albums that I feel like are bad and I dislike. I there are not a lot of songs on the, on one hot minute that draw me to it. But I I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a bad album. I don't mm-hmm. want to listen to it, but I don't <laughs> disrespect it. You're reaching so hard, I feel like. No, I'm I not. Mean, I'm I'm trying to like paint a picture here of my feelings for this album because it's not the same thing as like like Californication I, I will not like I know I won't I'll just be like yeah. this, this is dumb but with One Hot Minute the songs are like all the jamming songs like I don't like but I'm not like this is stupid I just mm. feel like it's not for me sure. I don't know yeah uh, yeah, just between Warped and My Friends, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I wanted to say one more thing, uh, and it's about John Frusciante, um, who I don't think that I particularly like his guitar style, but, you know, lately his thing is this, these, like, clean tone, single note um, patterns that they build songs around. Like, I feel like that really becomes a big thing in Californication with songs like Scar Tissue and, and Other Side. And mm. I'm sure that there are other singles that use that clean um, picking tone. Uh, I don't remember who it was with. Um, I put on The Argument by Fugazi a couple years ago for someone who hadn't heard it. And they said that it sounded like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I'm still kind of haunted by this because <laughs> as I listened, I was like, yeah, no, it does. God, <laughs> get out of here. But that, that clean single <laughs> yeah. note guitar tone that's on argument and actually sometimes the, I mean, the vocals are not far off, but oh um, my God. It's, it's totally, there's a lot of Frusciante style guitar. If you think about the first couple songs on that album. I totally have no clue what you're even t- saying. You don't you don't notice like the the moody clean guitar sort of like uh uh stuff with like the jazzy yeah, drum things yeah, like that's the, other I, side. I, right? I thought that those were. Uh, if are you saying uh, me noticing that on the argument? I I feel like it's not a stretch to say that there are similarities between other side and cash out. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I thought I, I felt that way when I heard those songs later on for Californication at the time where I was like, these sound like, you know, vaguely like 
post emo indie rock kind of like chords. Um, and it wasn't just that. I think there was maybe another single on that album too, where I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of, you know, these are moody songs and jazzy and, uh, and cool. You know, and, and I think that maybe, you know, maybe the songs from the argument are maybe the best sort of comparison to that. Obviously, the argument's better than Californication. Yes. Well, no but, shit. But, like. it, but it just was kind of haunting. I l- l- do not listen to see the argument by any Fugazi. comparison at all to okay. I think this is a reach. That's my, right. my opinion here. Elsewhere on the charts, uh, mainstream rock number one is Name by the Goo Goo Dolls, which uh, we'll be talking about next week. Oh, wait, no. We already talked about it. We're going to release that next week. It's the pre-taped Colin show. I'm going to start all that again. Uh, next week. Uh, no, not next week. <laughs> you got this, baby. Number one on the mainstream rock chart is uh, Name by the Goo Goo Dolls. And uh, number one on the pop chart is Fantasy by Mariah Carey still. But um, in the month that My Friends is on the top of the chart, we do move on. We go to Exhale, Shoop Shoop by Whitney Houston. And then Mariah Carey steals it back uh, with One Sweet Day, uh, which features, of course, Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. And that'll be on the top of the charts for 16 weeks. 16 Ugh. weeks. You guys like that song? I think the chorus is great. I think the really? melody, the melody in the chorus is really nice. Um, hmm. I like it, but it is the epitome of why I didn't like R and B when I was in middle school. Oh, yeah. um, the the national anthemness of sometimes <laughs> the singing style, and the the level of over singing on this song is is kind of cartoonish. It's great. I, I still enjoy it, but. Um, everybody's like before every word that they sing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I haven't listened. I haven't listened to it in forever because I thought I didn't like it back then. Mm. And so my perception is still that I don't like one sweet day. I Um, think despite thinking Mariah Carey and boys to men are great. Yeah. 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 I just don't think that song's. It's definitely, I didn't think it was very good. It's not as good as a lot of the, either of their hit. Like yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I th- I think the chorus is is really nice. But um, yeah, the verses drag a lot. Um, the Whitney song's good. Just kind of yeah. get back into that babyface. Mm-hmm. Back at it. Yeah, you love your babyface, Trav. Oh man, love a good babyface song, <laughs> and a Whitney song. Um, my, uh, let's see, mainstream rock chart. Oh, I already said, whew, this is rough. <laughs> Other highlights from the modern rock chart. Um, I had just a couple like kind of obvious um, songs that kind of just, I think, made their first appearance or, you know, to us, um, their first appearance, uh, Santa Monica by Everclear. No, number 26 in parentheses yeah. watch the world yeah then. what is up with that i don't think i've I ever, never seen that I, before i don't think i ever noticed that before i, I yeah. would say that's a marketing must on the on the record it definitely just says santa monica but i mean who <laughs> knows who knows that song is called santa monica you know you call the radio station you go to tower records you're looking for watch the world die i get it 
Really? It's like the it's like the counting blue cars thing. I mean, how are you gonna call your how are you gonna call your song counting blue cars? Everybody knows it's tell me all your thoughts on God. I always knew it as Santa Monica. I never never thought of it as any other way. Respect yeah. the songwriters. No, yeah. if I were a suit at a yeah. label, I would I would shut that down. I'd be like, This is your hit and you don't want people to know its name. Get real. <laughs> uh another song uh that sticks out to me uh man 1995 a little band called 311 oh boy <laughs> with a little song called don't stay home number 31 uh it's a cheesy ass song it's i wouldn't say it's a good song by any means but it's uh I have uh, I have nostalgic feelings for it. Um, and then Just a Girl by No Doubt. Uh, is this the first No Doubt? Um, yeah, I, I believe it is. Yeah. I think yeah. Just a Girl was definitely the first um, No Doubt song that I ever... I think I, yeah. I remember seeing it... I, I, I think I remember being uh, at a sleepover at a friend's house, like for a friend's birthday party. Um, and this would have been either fifth or sixth grade and seeing that music video, um, for the first time and being like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool song. I don't have any knowledge of don't stay home by three eleven. I don't recognize that at all. Mm. I didn't know that it was a single ever. Um, you just yeah. knew it from the album. I, from I knew it from playing the it album. over and over, uh, from, <laughs> uh, playing it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm shocked to see Just a Girl on the charts in 1995. I don't know why, but off the top of my head, I would have guessed 97 for that song and album. And yeah, maybe it that got album more just... prominent in 97. Well, the album... I think it stretched out forever because there were five or six singles from it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the album came out in what, like... Well, it came out in 95. Okay. okay. I remember... I mean, Don't Speak was... was was at the top of it was I, it actually it, it actually never charted on the pop charts because for a song to chart on the pop charts it has to be released physically as a single and uh, oh. none of those no doubt songs oh, were ever right. actually released as right. singles right. so alternative yeah. does not require singles to be issued right. but the pop charts do but re- um yeah, that should have been a number one for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I remember seeing the video on VH1, not even MTV. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, I, but uh, the single that was in 97 was Sunday Morning. Uh, like sure. summer summer of 97, I remember, um, is when Sunday Morning came out uh, yeah. as, as a single. That yeah, I mean, right. and they kept going with like, excuse me, Mr. and maybe even Happy Now. Um, I mean, you know, they... They went for it yeah, and it's crazy. succeeded yeah. largely. I'm really surprised to not hear anything about number 38, Quill, uh, just by Radiohead. Oh, who cares? Oh, that's <laughs> no, no, probably I, the best song on the Benz. Yeah. Oh. Just is amazing. I don't think I agree with that, but it is a f***ing awesome song. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I don't, I guess... Uh, I didn't note it. Maybe I thought that one of you would mention it, or um, yeah. I just, you know, it's Radiohead. Like, I love them. I don't need to. You guys know this. Yeah. Our our listeners, who are mostly our friends, I think mostly know this. I don't need to talk about it. Is that all the worthwhile songs on the chart? 
wait we're all done with uh we're all done with the chart for this week right There, there, there must be one more. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's cumbersome by Seven Mary Three at uh, number nineteen. And I just the only thing that I wanted to ask is if is any band more proto Nickelback than Seven Mary Three? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, definitely I'm, gruff, right? The vocals are super gruff. And the guy is like, he's got uh, beautiful straight blonde hair, looks like very manicured. And the video all takes place in a, a very like middle America, um, blue collar Republican voter looking bar. Mm. I don't anyway, remember the just, video. Yeah. Uh, take a look. Yeah. All right. Let's rate my friends yeah. by the Red right. Chili Peppers. Who wants to start? I'll give it three hot minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. Three hot um, and ready minutes. Wow. Um, I think the song rules. I'll give it 4.25 Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. All right. I'll give it a perfect five homophobic redneck dicks. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah like I said, this is, uh, this is, rarefied territory for me and definitely by far the best red hot chili pepper song i can't believe you guys love the song this much that's love it. so crazy to me i like came around i after first listen i was like i'm going to give this 1.5 and wow. i watched the music video and i was like eh, and i think i like it a little more and then i listened to it again and was like it's not bad. It's pretty decent. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was where it ended. I can't believe that you love it. I love it. Wow. Nirvana wannabe? No. That video no. got the candles. True. True. On that note, it could be a Madonna like a prayer wannabe or any number of other wannabes, though. That's true. Could be a uh, have you ever really loved a woman <laughs> rip off. <laughs> well, uh, tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out their sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. It's become increasingly clear that the best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via Facebook on the Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod Facebook group. Uh, however, we still love receiving your emails at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can always listen along with the playlist on Spotify or Apple Music or watch along on YouTube. Uh, everything's gone white and everything's gray. And we live in a wheel where everyone steals. So we must be headed back into the bleak world of Gavin Rosdale lyrics. Uh, next week, it is Glycerine by Bush. <laughs> See you then. Yay. Bye. Bye.